All right, now we will have a split sermon brought to us by our, our good friend and brother, David Hope, which will be entitled Back to Basics from Acts chapter 10. David. Howdy. Good afternoon, everyone. Wish see a few people slipped in right at the last. I thought we might be really short today. Good to be here on this Sabbath afternoon. See some of our people from out of town I haven't seen in a while, and we're always glad to see. And hello to all of you people out there in computer land, TV world, or whatever it is. We know we always have some people tuned in and watching, and I want to, want to welcome all of you. See, I, I started to title this Back to the Basics Part 3, because I've already done Part 2 and Part 1, and uh, what I've decided to do just, you know, for a little while, just go back into some of the basic things that we haven't really covered that much, or at least when I've been here, and of course I'm on the road quite a bit, like some of you, we travel every once in a while and go somewhere else, so there might have been some sermons that we haven't heard. But uh, anyway, you know, every year we go into some things, you know, Passover time, the feast time, and we repeat those every year. But some of these things we don't repeat so often, so, you know. And I know that uh, most of the older people already have answers to what I'm talking about, but that's okay. When we started the church years ago, they would say, well, you older folks, you're just going to have to be patient and sit here because there's a lot of newer people here that haven't necessarily heard these things. And... And I said, yeah, give it to them. You know, we want to hear them. We, you know, we don't care if Lawrence and all these other people and Lucille have been around for a long time. We want to hear it. <laughs> so the so rest of you, you know, please, please be patient. And uh, it's, it, it doesn't hurt to go over things again. And when I gave back in September, some of you may have heard, may remember, uh, basically is uh, some of the scriptures that people use that the law is done away. And, you know, I went into, uh, I think, Colossians, the second chapter, and one of the verses in there. And, and we just basically covered and in, in, in briefly that uh, it wasn't the law that was nailed to the cross. It was a note of guilt, the handwriting that was against us in Jesus' body. And in October, I went into uh, uh, showing how the holy days and the Sabbath are still applicable, where they came from, that they were God's holy days, God's um, festivals, and that the New Testament church kept it. Uh, the apostles kept it, and we should be keeping it today. So uh, if you want to brush up on that and haven't heard it, maybe go back to our um, files and, and, uh, and hear some of those if you wish. But today I want to look at a scripture that many people claim that Christians can eat any kind of food that they want to. And that's and that God has cleansed everything. God can, God's cleansed it all. We can eat everything we want to. Like I said, this is familiar to a lot of you, but it might be good to uh, rehash. But we do need to remember, or we must consider anyway, from all viewpoints, any time we get into a scripture, uh, a lot of people, we, we need to take it in its context. Context is everything. Some people will take their proof text just a few phrases or maybe just a phrase at a time and make their point and make their doctrine out of just taking something 
a word. Yes, that says that, you know, Chevy's number one or Ford's number one, you know, and leave it out with everything else. It's just, you know, and, and they do that. Here's a good example, and if you'll turn with me, and I think Scripture on the board uh, has it, uh, Acts 10, verse 16, and, and this is one that many, many people will pull up that want to say that you can eat anything you want to when you want to. Um, where'd it go? Acts 10 and verse 9. And this, this is the part that, uh, wait a minute, is that what it did? Yeah, 9, nine through 16. Get back on the right page. And I'm just breaking into the context. Verse 9 says, On the morrow they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city. Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and certain vessels descending unto him. And as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down into earth. Can you feature all these things coming down this big vessel thing? All these old camels and, you know, Bill, not Billy Goats, they're okay. And, you know, uh, uh, buzzards and pigs and all this stuff. Anyway, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the air and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice unto him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Oh, no, not me. He said, I've never eaten anything so common and unclean. I've never done that. And the voice spoken to him again the second time, the second time, what God has cleansed, that call you not common. See, they're building their point. You know, this is God speaking here. It's his angels. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up into heaven. So they'll say, see, you know, this, this, this is proof that we can eat anything we want to. All those old dietary laws of the Old Testament, that's just all they are. They're just ceremonial things, and, and, and that's okay. God did away with it. But I want you to, before I go on, I want you to notice in uh, verse 14, and I'll mention this a little later, Peter did not eat it. I was talking to Ken Martin last night, and we got on there, and I was playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but he didn't eat it. So Ken knows, you know. They didn't eat it. In verse 17, Peter doubted the meaning. He didn't automatically assume this is the conclusion. And in verse 19, Peter was still pondering on the, on the vision when, when, you know, the guys came down from Caesarea. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you the real context, and, and hopefully this is not too boring to you because I'm going to uh, read basically the whole thing because the whole context is, is, is the whole thing. I'm going to back up now to um, Acts 10th chapter and verse 1. And there was, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. 
He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, oh Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. God has heard what you're saying. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And I thought that was a little odd, well, not necessarily odd, but, you know, why didn't God send Cornelius over there himself, you know, to go over there? It's not important, but it's just something I thought about. You know, why didn't God send Cornelius over there by himself and and look up Peter and and talk to him face to face, save a lot of time? Anyway, in verse 6, he lodged, oh, one's named Simon Peter. He He lodges with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. So now Cornelius is going over there, really don't know what's going on, or sending somebody over there. And when the angel spoken to Cornelius, no, when the angel which spoken to Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. So Cornelius got two of his household servants and, you know, one of his military guys, one of his other guys, had three of them to go and I guess dragged Peter over there if he didn't want to come. I don't know. It didn't say that, but uh, I'm just joking. And verse 8, And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So he told the, the, the hireling there to go over and get Peter. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew near unto the city, that's where Peter was, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Kind of like us around noon, we get a little hungry sometimes. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. I just go to sleep. He fell into a trance, but I go to sleep. But anyway, and saw heaven open, and saw heaven open, and a certain vessel, and we read a while ago, descending into him as it had been a great sheet knitted to four corners and let down to the earth wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I'm repeating again. And there came a voice unto him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spoken to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, that call you not common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up into heaven again. Verse 17, now look at this. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision he had seen would mean, you know, he, he didn't, like I said a while ago, he didn't automatically understand what it meant. He was pondering, he was thinking about what does that mean? The men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry of Simon's, for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. In verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, you know, he was still in puzzlement. He still wondered what that means. While Peter thought on the vision, 
the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek you. Arise therefore and get you down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter didn't know what was going on either. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent to him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What do you want? <laughs> you know, what have you come here for? For what cause therefore are you? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that fears God and of good report among the nation of the Jews was born from God and by the holy angel to send for you into this house. You know, he gave us directions. Come over here from Caesarea all the way over here to Joppa to hear words of you. If that was me, I'd think, wow, I wonder what, <laughs> I'm really puzzled. What does he, he, he's sending me over here and he hadn't even given me a clue yet. But then called he them and lodged them overnight. You know, it was too late to get started at night. And on the morrow, Peter went with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. So he didn't go by himself. He had others to go with him and there's a reason, there's a purpose for that also. And verse 24, And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and he called together his kinmen and near friends. So Cornelius was pretty well excited what was going on. He even did like some of us, you know, we, we want to share this message with, with our friends and our brothers. And, and here we've got this super guy coming over that the angel said send over there for Peter, this big evangelist, this big uh, apostle. And, I, you know, we're all going to hear what he has to say. And, um, and near, it even his near friends. Verse 25, as Peter was coming, coming in, come work, come, bleh, excuse me, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, it's not important, but I wonder how big the house was. You know, we saw him coming and, you know, and then they were talking, had dialogue on the way. Anyway. But anyway, but Peter took him, took him up saying, stand up, I myself am a man. And as he talked with him, you know, going back to where the friends and relatives probably are, and as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. I imagine he was probably pretty surprised. And he said unto them, You know that it is unlawful, it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or coming to one of another nation. And you guys are another nation. You're not Jews. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really taking a gamble here. But God has shown me that I should call no man common or unclean. So we're getting there now to where this was the essence of the, of the, the um, uh, scripture. And we'll, we'll see here, I mean, of the, the, the sheet coming down, we'll see that he reiterates some of this in a little bit. Therefore, in verse 29, Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I asked, therefore, what intent have you sent for me for? And so he's telling them, you know, the men came over, and, and I thought, well, what do you want, you know? <laughs> what, what's this all about? And Cornelius said, oh, and Cornelius said, four days, you know, they had the dialogue. Cornelius was telling his part of it too. And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. 
And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer, oh, and said, Cornelius, your prayers are heard, and your alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa. So see, he's telling his part of it now. Cornelius telling his part. Uh, that the angel of time said, Send therefore Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Paul, uh, Peter, and he lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who, when he comes, shall speak unto you. So this looks to me like one of those times that Peter didn't have time to write out his notes ahead of time and prepare his message and and uh, you know, kind of like maybe some of you and some of us, if we ever do get drug up before people and have to give an answer for something, not not that this was in the same situation. I'm not saying Peter was in any danger, but it looks like that you know he had to speak off the cuff. He had to speak from the heart, and of course, God gave him some things to say too, and he had a chance to translate that uh, that vision that he had. Anyway, who, when he comes, shall speak unto you. Immediately, therefore, I sent to you, and therefore, or there have well, and there have well done that you are come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded of you, or commanded of God. Then Peter opened his mouth. And said of a truth, I perceive that God is of no is no respecter of persons or respecter of respecter of faces, but in every nation he has that fear him and works righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I I say you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism of John, baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who, when, who went about doing good and healing all that oppressed, were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all these things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew, hanged on a tree, and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. So he's given a chance to preach who Jesus really is too here. And, and I'm sure they've heard some things already because we know that... Um, what was it? Uh, Philip had been preaching there for a while, but anyway, uh, not to all of the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. So there, He was telling them that even certain people saw Jesus personally after He had been resurrected, and and uh, one place it even talks about five hundred at one time saw Him, and most of them were still alive at that time. But anyway, the, the apostles even had meals with Jesus after he had been resurrected from the dead, and he was explaining that a little. Verse 42, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of the quick and dead. 
to him gives all the prophets witnesses that through his name whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins while Peter yet spoke these words the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now we see why uh, Peter took, God God had uh, the other people to go with Peter over there too just to give him a little bit of backup to show other people, yeah, well, you know, this is true. We saw this thing. We saw the miracles of God with these Gentiles over there whom we're not supposed to be eating and having company with. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So, you know, they wanted him to stay around. Don't, don't leave already. You know, you come all the way over here. I don't know how far it is from Joppa to Caesarea, but, you know, probably a day's walk it sounds like. But anyway, they said, you know, stick around. You, you've run this far. And I'm going down here in a minute. But you see, there's, there's a lot more to the, the whole context than just that little two or three little verses in here that, that God, uh, uh, you know, told Peter to eat all this stuff, now everything's clean. Uh, I'm going to let you guys catch your breath for a minute. I know it, it's, it's hard to keep up with me, so, you know, you may, maybe you need a rest. I need a drink of water. <sighs> frosty, man, Frosty. I don't know what that commercial came from. I, I heard that a long time ago. Maybe, maybe last or somebody. You know, there was a commercial probably 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. It said, "Frosty, man, frosty." Uh, soda pop was a soda pop. I don't remember what it was. I know. I just remember. Just anyway, that has nothing to do with this. Ah, okay. Uh, then they prayed and they wanted him to uh, Peter to stay for a little while and his other the other people with him and I'm going to read a few more verses uh, Acts 11 now verse 1 <clears throat> and the apostles and the brethren you know that came there and the apostles and the oh and the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God you know word gets around. And when Peter was come back to Jerusalem, I'm paraphrasing, when Peter was come to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. You know, how dare you, you know. Lawrence, you know, Lawrence, you're speaking over here in a, a Catholic church or a Protestant church or something, you know. How dare you to be doing these things, you know. How, Larry, what are you doing going over here to... Uh, Pentecostal church or something. You know, that's kind of the attitude. Uh, not that we have that attitude. We don't. I mean, maybe at one time we did have. I think we probably did. I did at one time. I don't anymore. But, you know, that was the attitude. Well, these heathens, these sun worshipers, the, all of this, you, what are you doing with them? But we don't have that attitude now, do we, guys? Amen? <laughs> all right. We don't have that. All right, thank you. Amen. We don't have that attitude anymore. But anyway, um, 
and they were of the circumcision contended with him, that's verse twenty verse two, saying, You went into the uncircumcised, how dare you? And and you even ate with them. Boy, you're bad. You even ate with these people. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning, just like we did here. He, he rehearsed it from the beginning, and, and, and the other guys that went with him were there. He and, uh, let me catch my place again. Peter rehearsed the matter with them from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in a city of Joppa. Now, you guys have already heard it two or three times today. But this was the first time then. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by the four corners, and it came even unto me. And it came right down. I could almost smell the sweat on these things, you know. And upon the which when I had fastened my eyes... I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and the wild, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat them. So he's telling them all the things. He told Cornelius. He told all the others. He's telling them that. He told me to kill it and eat it, all these filthy animals. But I said, No. No, he said, No, not so, Lord, for I... For nothing common or unclean has at any time entered into my mouth. No pork chops, no shrimp, no nothing that has never entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, that call you that call not common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up into heaven. So we see again that he didn't need it. And Behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was sent from Caesarea. So he's tying it together now. He's tying all of the pieces together to, to these self-righteous uh, Jews. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. You know, these six guys right here went with me. They'll vouch for it. That's me. And we entered into the, the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send me, or send men to Joppa, and call Simon, for whose name is, surname is Peter, who shall tell you words whereby, uh, whereby you and all your house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us as at the beginning. We're telling them, you know, remember the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down? This happened to them. When, they, when we were talking in the house of Cornelius, and I was talking to them, and they were perceiving what we were saying, the Holy Spirit came, and they started talking just like we did. You know, that was a sign to them. And I then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, that you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I 
that I could withstand God. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then has God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So he went through all of that to get a point across that we're not talking about clean and unclean foods. God didn't say that, you know, the food was okay, he, and then he proved himself that we're talking about individuals, that, that the Gentiles and all of the rest of the world have access to, the, to God just like we do. And in conclusion, um, I want you to remember, I'll just kind of paraphrase. Peter was in a trance. He saw the sheet in a vision. wasn't real. He did not eat any of them. Peter didn't immediately know what it was. He didn't automatically assume that it was okay to eat the stuff. It took him a little while to come to what it really meant. Like I said, he did not assume it was to eat unclean meats. The meaning was given, like I said, in verse 28 uh, uh, over the other uh, verse there, that, and I'll, I'll read it. Uh, in verse 28, he was to call no man common or unclean. And that's in 10.28. No man. Uh, and, uh, and until that time, the Gentiles were considered unclean, ceremonially unclean. And it showed the Gentiles were not to be shunned anymore. That it was okay to have fellowship with them and to eat with them. So when, when we look at scriptures and, and people were telling us their proof, proof uh, text, you know, this, this, such, and such, uh, we don't always have to read so much in detail as we did on this particular case, but we do need to take the scriptures in context. What do they really, really mean?